Hello and welcome to season three, episode six of To The Studio. This week we have Ben Edmonds on the podcast. Ben is a London-based painter whose deconstructionist approach takes him into sculpture, branding, useful objects and wearable equipment. He is best known for his large-scale paintings that combine tropes of modernist abstraction with stylized accents of extreme sports. Drawing on his background in sailing, windsurfing and cycling, his work explores the transcendental possibilities of painting as well as these outdoor leisure pursuits, all the time questioning the assumed anti-utilitarianism of painting and asking what can an artwork do? Ben studied painting at Wimbledon College of Arts before graduating from the Royal College of Art in 2018. His first show, Where Should I Go From Here?, opened at Kaikai Kiki Gallery in Tokyo at the invitation of Takashi Murakami, and he has since taken part in numerous exhibitions across Europe and Asia, including It Won't Last Forever, or maybe it will, at Tatiana Peters Gallery in Belgium, Almost Somewhere at Choyon Lager in Seoul, and Closer to the Wind at L21 Gallery in Spain. Underwritten into his dyed canvases, handmade carbon fibre components and short incidents of text is the sense that we are unsatisfied, in a potential state of wanting and desire. We live in a world of seductive adverts, property ladders, job promotions and romantic affairs, all the while searching in the dark as the clock is ticking. His paintings evoke a distant horizon, something you can never reach or obtain, framed by the equipment you might need for the journey. Alongside his painting practice in 2019, Ben set up Aspirational Equipment, a pseudo sports and lifestyle brand for romantics. It provides tools for explorers and dreamers. It recognises the act of searching as a fundamental human driving force and the state of being on the way somewhere as part of the human condition. So the conversation starts by describing Ben's dual studio setup at the moment and the reasons for that. And that kind of conversation leads into opening up his interests and experience with water sports, how he looks to the vulnerability of language in his work and how he uses that as a tool. And moving on further to his hopes for collaboration in the future. So thanks for checking in. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And here it is. Hello, Ben. Yeah, Ben, <laughs> off the blocks, you need to gather up momentum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who, who sings the, the theme tune? Do, do, am I meant to? Do I, am I meant to go? Please do. It's a very cool theme tune. Is it? Yeah, I do like it a lot. It was, um, I, I spent a long time finding it. It's, a, it's a, an artist called Blank and Kit. I think they're like a duo. Uh-huh. And for podcasts, you can only use, obviously, music that's either made for you by someone or that's uh, freely available, like, like freely licensed. Mm. And so I kind of trawled through loads of archives, which is really fun. So this is a freely available Freely available. One. And we, so and Theo, it's Liz's brother who uh, produces the podcast, mm-hmm. I asked him to kind of 
edit it down because it, it's a bit spiky at points because it, it, it isn't the the tune at one point went ah, and, then, <laughs> and then continued and I yeah. kind of had to cut that out it was a bit, a bit disturbing all of a sudden yeah so it's a remixed version which is quite nice it's so very it's, cool and it, it um, you know it suits your voice as well thanks Got, yeah thanks in fact uh, yeah I mean obviously I'm very happy to be doing this but um, you caught me at the tail end of a, <laughs> a, a wicked cold and you can probably hear it in my voice and um, yeah I was chatting to Rachel and I said oh you know D- Dave's coming we're going to do the podcast but I've, I've lost my voice you sound sexy and gravelly well, this is what we thought yeah we thought you know may- maybe Dave will have some competition <laughs> <laughs> but in reality I just you know there's a probably as squeaky as ever <laughs> no you sound good you sound okay. good I'm glad I'm glad to hear it <clears throat> alright well, well welcome anyway thank you um, it is really nice to be here it's really nice to be here it's funny because I didn't know I had no idea what the studio would look like and I had so many different images in my head of what of what it could be because I obviously knew your studio what well, college and I knew it a little bit uh, when we were in Camberwell mm-hmm and so yeah, I didn't I didn't know what to expect, but it's so lovely. And maybe well, maybe we can start by you describing the space. Yeah, and um, how it how it looks. You know, it baffles me that you've not seen it. And in fact, yeah, you mentioned Camberwell, where we had our first studio out of college together. I think this is maybe my fourth one since then, maybe mm. fifth. And yeah, I've just been moving and moving. But yeah, as as time goes on, you, you just accumulate so much more equipment and uh, furniture and stuff that uh, yeah I'm really happy to hopefully be settled into a, a space now but anyway yeah you asked me to describe it it's um, uh, it's I, I don't know what the building was originally but it's definitely some kind of old industrial building that's um, it's got a lovely big window on one wall the whole wall um, <laughs> yeah it's, it's got tall ceilings concrete floor it, it feels you know it feels like a gallery which is, is sometimes quite nice um, it does it's very clean it's it very, is quite clean very ordered there's like everything has its place on the wall that's it's, true I actually I had a friend visit recently and, and he said it's maybe how he imagines uh, Tom Sachs's studio to be because <laughs> like although everything's very like organised and um, you know there's, there's definitely a kind of cute thing going on as well like lots of post-it notes and things on drawing pins and angle clamps all mm. lined up nicely it's um yeah but I mean it, for, for me it's quite important um I, I so I actually have another like another space in Norfolk where I'm from where I do the the painting um and this is like it's kind of like a double garage mm-hmm. and it's an incredibly messy space where um, yeah, I can spray dye around and not worry too much. Mm. Um, so that, like, uh, yeah, that's more like a painter's studio, I suppose. And sometimes you like, I don't know, pretend you're Jackson Pollock or something, <laughs> like prancing <laughs> around. But uh, but then once I finish the canvases, um, which yeah, for context, they're they're like dyed canvas. Um, so it means I can just fold them up, pop them in the car, and bring them here where I can cut them up and turn them into the, the art, yeah, the paintings, I suppose. Um, cool. So it's a very different kind of space. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like a painter's studio at all. No, no, it feels like, I don't know how it feels. It feels, I don't know exactly how you've described it, I think. 
mm. as though this is where the finishing touches are, or the or the kind of the embellishments, or yeah, this is where the yeah, this is where the assembly yeah the assembly yeah. happens. Yeah, and like you know, I have this huge table, and um, yeah, I built it so it would uh, fold <laughs> fold down. Oh, does it really? Table. Does it? Oh wow! But but I've never folded it down because actually I don't know, like you know, when you study painting and identify as a kind of painter. You think, oh, I need walls, surely, because I'm a painter, I need walls. But actually, you know, I just pop stuff on the walls, but I, I do almost everything on the table. So, uh, to be honest, I'd be quite happy with um, the whole space of the table, you know. Mm. Hundreds of square feet of <laughs> table. <laughs> it, it must be quite nice, because I, I remember seeing you work uh, years ago, and you were working a lot on the floor, because you, cause you had to. Uh, must have, yeah, 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 yeah. That must have been killer for your back. So I imagine working at waist height now is quite. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and a nice work work height. Yeah, yeah. I made a real mess of that studio. I felt really sorry for the um, the poor girl who had to put the degree show in it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not good for you to work on the floor too much, is it? No, no, no. But you mentioned Norfolk. I feel like that might be a nice place to to start things off, talk about Norfolk, because you're from Norfolk. Yeah. Grew up there. Uh, um, sure. And, yeah. And you've been. I have been. I've been yeah. once. I love, I loved it. It's a beautiful mm. part of the world. So, yeah, it's, it's super deep in the countryside. Um, and it's on one of the broads where I grew up. Uh, so, yeah, there's a big culture of um, just being out on the water, really, mm. and um, boating. And... Uh, yeah, although, I mean, although I was never like, you know, like a competitive sailor, it's something, you know, we did every weekend, but also you find yourself like, in like what you saw the boat shed, it, you end up like surrounded by all the kit, yeah. you know? Um, so that kind of, like both the, the graphic styles and languages of the, of these like um, adventure sports, you know, like sailing, windsurfing, mm. sort of cycling to, um, was like really familiar to me growing up and um, yeah I was always a bit fascinated in the way things could like connect on to each other and uh, yeah I was thinking about this earlier like actually um, like when, you, when you're setting up for, for like sailing for example and you're, you're rigging the sails and preparing the boat it's like an incredibly anxiety inducing time because like the sail's like noisy and it's flapping in the wind and you're trying to like pull it tight and um, <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, it, 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 you can see, becomes quite a funny yeah. analogy for making paintings, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah and I suppose, yeah, trying to f find a way to bring that idea of paintings as kit, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, like, you know, like you, you stretch a painting, don't you, with a mm. frame with staples, and mm. you, you rig a sail onto a carbon fibre boom and mast and... Yeah, there's all, there's all this tension involved, and yeah, that's definitely something I'm always thinking about mm. making these paintings. Yeah. yeah, and were you like growing up in Norfolk? Were you make? Have you always made artwork? Is painting something that? Uh, in Norfolk, yeah. I mean, when I was like, hmm, when I was like a, a teenager or like the kind of later teens. And yeah, I was doing my art A level and I decided that this might be something I want to do. Um, I was, yeah, full on into basically using all the kind of um, 
random stuff you find in your parents' garage, like to try and. I remember having this like big sheet of aluminium that was just kicking about for some reason, and um, getting some like paraffin <laughs> and like uh, mixing it with emulsion and trying to burn it on the aluminium. And you know, there was. And I remember actually getting in a lot of trouble from from dad as he saw me like chucking um, paraffin or petrol or something. And he's like, it's gonna explode. But um, I think maybe you've been in this situation too. You're just kind of like. You don't really know anything about art. You don't. You don't have any materials, especially either. And but there's a real urge to just like see what happens when you do this. And um, yeah, I made a mess. That's uh, that was my starting point. And uh, other than sure drawing cartoons as a kid, this yeah, thing. Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm not one of these people who. Uh, in fact, I always felt a little bit like. Um, I remember art school, people saying that you shouldn't try and be an artist unless it's like your last resort, <laughs> unless it's like the, the, the only thing you can possibly do. And I, I was, you know, possibly because it was really difficult or... And I remember hearing this and like, kind of like keeping my mouth shut because, um, you know, I always did really well in school mm. and um, I, I didn't feel like it was the only option, to be honest. It just seemed like maybe the most interesting or maybe like other things in school were to, um, you know, if, if you just remember this and write it down at that time, you'll do well. And, mm. you know, it, like, for, for me, I always loved, um, uh, like, in school, I always loved doing art. I also liked doing maths and, um, and French. And uh, I think, like, compared to other subjects, these are ones where you get given, like, a, a toolbox. Yeah. Um, a language, literally, in the case of French. And then, and then really have to kind of figure it out with those tools and mm. yeah to me to me that was a lot more interesting than um memory tests and yeah it, it was it was a, a more challenging type of intelligence i guess mm. Mm. and did you so from from school a levels did you do your deal foundation in norfolk i did yeah uh yeah i did that um at like an adult education center because uh, they stopped doing it at the art school um and yeah, I mean, I, I really, I really liked it. It was, uh, it, it was. Um, I, I probably would have preferred to do it in London, to be honest. Mm. But you don't get funding for these kind of courses, and you know, there's no way I could just go and live in London mm. as an eighteen-year-old. Um, so yeah, I, I did it from home. Tried, you know, you try a bit of everything, don't you? you try a bit of jewelry making, a bit of uh, life modelling. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I was, to be honest, only really interested in, in, in the painting element and, um, yeah, was, was quite keen to get onto a, a painting course in London, really. Mm. Was, was it always, was it London just your calling? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think, uh, I mean, I think around that time my brother moved to London and, uh, you know, I'd visit him sometimes. Um, also, like, yeah, I, I, I didn't think about it too much. I guess I just assumed... Mm maybe wrongly, that the best schools were there, it would be the best place to go. Mm. In hindsight, I probably would have really enjoyed going to Glasgow or um, maybe Edinburgh, you know, somewhere like this. But, but I was really happy in London. I went to Wimbledon. Yeah. So actually, yeah, going to Wimbledon was like a nice, <laughs> but, but like such a kind of country. Yeah. <laughs> uh, boy, like, it was an easy way into London. Yeah. Through the suburbs in this nice little campus where... Uh, you know, I think if I'd moved to London afresh and 
you know, maybe gone to Camberwell and lived in Peckham or something, it might have been quite a culture shock. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find your time at Wimbledon? Uh, yeah, I, I really loved it. It's, um, I mean, I, I loved it in the way I suppose everybody loves uni. And uh, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun. And the, the school itself um, was this really nice kind of campus. It was part of UAL, but it was very separate from it as well. It was like geographically quite far away. Mm. Um, but what I really liked was that it had a painting course, not like an art course. And um, uh, you, you really felt like there was quite a traditional kind of, you know, we had methods and materials classes and um, yeah, like I really learned how to put a painting together physically mm. and formally. Um, I think I remember at the time being a little bit, because uh, it was around the time of like the zombie formalist um, thing, you know, like the, you know, these painters like Oscar Murillo and um, uh, Lucian Smith, you know, like these people were like suddenly like, all, all you could read about, right? Yeah. Um, but it was a fad. And at the time, I was really, really into it and thought, oh, I've got to be part of this, even though I was like, I don't know, 19 or something. Um, and in Wimbledon, <laughs> not LA. But um, I remember being really fed up that, that, that the tutors didn't really know about it. They, you know, they, oh, they must be so out of touch. And it's funny actually now looking back, um, realising that, of course, these fads come and go all the time. And the teaching they were giving was, uh, I think, a lot more... Uh, robust <laughs> than being like oh yeah let's talk about zombie formalism you know um, yeah I, I learned a lot from it I mean um, I still have a very close friend Harry Bland you know yeah. from um, from Wimbledon and yeah we, we still throw these little nuggets at each other that we heard at the time one was um, our tutor Nelson saying never stroke a cat with a glove on <laughs> you know this kind of like total nonsense when you hear it and you know, also, like, you know, you come out of school, so, so there's this feeling of, like, you really want to be told what to do and how to do it right. Um, and you get given these really frustratingly, like, um, mystical <laughs> bits of advice. And it, uh, they don't make any sense. And then later you're like, yeah, probably shouldn't strike a cat with a glove on, you know? <laughs> it's a funny thing, art, art school, isn't it? But, yeah, you, you grow into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and was, was your work shifting a lot? I know we met before, before we started recording, you mentioned that, mm-hmm. that the work that you're making now it still feels part of this, like a similar project, even though the work's shifted quite a lot. It still feels like it's quite the same project. Were you, yeah. was you concerned with similar things at Wimbledon? Or did... Yeah, so I mean, when I said that the work still feels like in the same project, I meant like since, probably since the degree show at RCA. Okay. You know, yeah. um, but that is like miles away from mm. where I was finishing Wimbledon. I mean, I think, yeah, while I was at Wimbledon, I felt like I could make slick paintings quite happily. Uh, and, but I was really just like trying to make good paintings via like other people's style. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't really a problem at that point, I suppose, but. Um, yeah, I, I graduated with like three very nice looking knockoff Laura Owens paintings, you know, and sure, it was fine. Um, but in my final year there, I applied to the RCA because it seemed like a good thing to do. And when I got in, uh, I um, just kind of saw that as a more appealing option than trying to find my own way. Um, so I went straight into a master's um, 
And I think like the project I kind of gave myself was like, you know, like I felt like I wanted to be a painter, but I really wanted to find a way to make it, um, to make work that felt like mine. Mm. Uh, it didn't have to be like unique or groundbreaking. It just really had, I really wanted it to feel like mine, not a version of someone else's. Um, yeah, and, and that took some time. I mean, for me, like the whole first year at RCA was about dismantling this kind of nice way of painting that I already had. And maybe, mm. I don't know, it was the same for you. Yeah, like, yeah. Picking something apart, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To- yeah, a total dismantling of... Mm. It's like you've got a Lego model, you arrive with it and it's nice. Mm. And then you spend a year pulling all the blocks off and lining them up and seeing what you've got. Uh, possibly getting some new blocks, maybe getting rid of some. Uh, and then the second year seems to be a process of putting it together into a different shape. Yeah. You know, like, um, uh, which is why, you know, the, these master's courses like so important that they're two years, in my opinion. Mm. Um, maybe people who do three years would, would think three is much better as well. But mm. uh, yeah, uh, so, sorry, what was your question? <laughs> my question was, I think we, I, we were talking about Wimbledon and I, and I asked if the work had shifted. It's work was shifting a lot then, and whether there were certain themes that maybe you discovered then that was like carrying through still in the work, or mm. you're still concerned with. Um, yeah, I think that was. Yeah, it's, it's maybe hard to relate it to what I was seeing at Wimbledon. I mean, the the only thing I could think of that is probably not that interesting is like, you know, I, I was making paintings uh, on my undergrad of like pouring oil paint to make a kind of stain background. Mm. Uh, like really thin um, and then painting like these quite hard edged um, they were like iPad squiggles yeah on top alongside some like kind of gestural stuff and I suppose like the, the only thing that probably carries through is a sense of like the um, yeah like, like the thin mm. shifting colours with again something very kind of graphic yeah um, <laughs> yeah but I mean if you put those Painting is next to what I'm doing now, then you'd probably think I was chatting shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what, what to talk about then? Okay, so we're at the RCA. Um, maybe... Oh, there's so many questions I want to ask. Maybe we could start talking about language and words and how you navigate kind of titling work and or how you yeah how you navigate all all of that because I feel like that is quite a important element of yeah. the work you make. For sure, I mean you can see in my studio I've got tiles yeah uh, kind of taped onto the wall. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean I mean I keep I keep a bank of tiles mostly on my phone, mm. um, which yeah I mean. I, I like, I like to write poems yeah. and sometimes they're just little sections of them or just a short poem. Mm. Um, sometimes they're lyrics from songs I'm listening to. Sometimes they're like misheard things as well. You know, yeah. if something just seems like it could be a good title, whether I think of it or, mm. or someone else does, I'll write it down. Um, and I think like, the, like the, these paintings, they're... I mean, if you look at them at first, you, you'd probably say they're quite slick. They're fairly uh, macho um, in their kind of materials and, and they're quite... Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're just very sure of themselves, I suppose. And mm. there's, um, 
what I really like to bring in with, with, with the words and the titles is a really kind of like surprisingly vulnerable part, something that's almost like a little bit embarrassing. Um, you know, what have I got here? And years away, you find me here today. Um, th this is like a very strange title for like a super slick painting that looks like a high performance bike. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's adding in that kind of vulnerability, which, which I really like, and also kind of, I don't know, it keeps it, keeps it artwork, I suppose. Um, I remember this uh, amazing look bike. It was uh, like the Team GB track bike at one of the Olympics, and it was this like beautiful carbon fiber frame. Uh, you know, it looked like it just arrived from space, mm. and it just said all over it. It said hope. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't even the brand name, um, but it just said hope everywhere, and um, and it was you know for the Olympics. And I, I just love that there's like use the branding, you know, techniques, you know, the font that, mm. that you'd expect to see on a bike. And, but I like to say something else. Um, and of, of course you can do that when you're making paintings because it doesn't have to be a, a brand. It doesn't mm. have to function. Um, yeah. Mm. In terms of your, the process of how the, how the paintings come, come into being, and do, the, do, the, do the titles, well, do they, Sometimes it looks like they come before. Do they come? Do they come during? I mean, maybe it's maybe I could open up the question into kind of how 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 a painting comes into into mm. being and how you yeah how you begin. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. So in terms of like the paintings and the titles, that they're kind of happening at the same time. They're both bubbling away. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm gathering both <laughs> as time goes on, mm. and then I'm kind of pairing them. Uh, normally, when there's a deadline, um, <laughs> it's uh, a challenge now. Like you know, for my last show, I think I sent 29 works, mm. and I'm not going to lie. Like I probably didn't match each title to each painting that brilliantly. Um, in a way that you can, you know, when you're a student or something, yeah. it's, you know, like you can really spend three months doing one thing, can't you? Um, so, so it is a challenge, you know, because um, I, I probably make more things than I write down. Mm. Um, but yeah, then in terms of how painting comes to be, it's, um, yeah, as I said, I've got, you know, I have this space in Norfolk and it starts there. Um, I'm, how often are you there? I go for like a week or two, every couple of months. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going next week. Uh, <laughs> um, do, do you know that painter, Jules Olitsky? He's uh, like a maybe 70s American colour field painter. Like, you know, he's like a kind of classic modernist mm. American painter. But you know, he, he does know these that. like really nice colour fields where he'd just like spray acrylic paint. It would float around and, um, you know, it, it, now it's actually like a fairly kind of traditional kind of painting, I suppose. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I really, uh, I suppose when I'm in Norfolk, I'm just painting like him, but I'm, I'm doing it with um, fabric dye, which is an incredibly wet process. So I'll have like a huge big rectangle. Um, I use like a really particular canvas that's like pre-washed, so it's like, it can take the dye. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I get it really wet. And then, yeah, just with like garden sprays, I'm spraying the dye at it. And um, you get all these like beautiful fades really naturally because the whole thing's so wet, mm. you know, like, um, there's no gradient, but overnight it will seep into a really nice gradient. Um, uh, so it's, yeah, I'm just kind of like making all this, this fabric. Um, and then I'm looking at what I've got, and I think that's when 
but they go in different directions because sometimes it can literally be that like although this is three meters big that 30 centimeter bit in the corner is actually the only good bit or or an interesting bit mm. and this um can become a 30 centimeter painting sometimes it's it's good but only that kind of triangular half and now this can be a triangular painting and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really like, I try and be as receptive as I can to the bit of fabric that I roll out in here. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I'm totally open to whatever shape it might want to be, size. Um, and actually not a lot gets wasted, you know, because um, you can make a few paintings out of one kind of painting session. Mm. You know I mean? um, yeah, so once I decide that, I really then just go about making it in probably quite like an unusual way for a painter, like I'll cut things up, stitch them together, make um, straps, buckles, bungees. Um, I'm a bit obsessed with like how that bit of fabric fixes onto the frame. This is like, um, I suppose, back to when I was talking about rigging a sail, like um, how could a canvas be rigged to a stretcher? And then if it is, then what's that stretcher, you know, what, what should it be made of? Should it be carbon fibre? How should it be decorated? Should it have um, stickers on it? Um, yeah, I really, I, I don't have a plan for them, actually, um, at all, uh, which might be surprising because they look yeah. quite resolved. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, you could definitely be forgiven to think that they are kind of very specifically Mm-hmm. kind of to the point put like put together and because everything seemingly has its like perfect place and everything's kind of mm-hmm. yeah they, they, they look a little bit anal don't they yes yes yeah, 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 yeah they do they yeah. do um, but it's funny like coming from I mean I remember you know you and I would talk a lot about um, like painting in a really like painterly way when we would talk about push and pull and mm. and it's funny because I still feel like I've got this sensibility in them but there's not I don't know. Uh, I don't know why it kind of manifests it, but maybe there is a sense of... Maybe there's, like... Maybe maybe without that kind of painterly background or, like, I don't know, a sense, that they wouldn't look so resolved, even though they've not got a lot of painting going on in them. Um, yeah, it's difficult to say. Mm. Mm. So, it's, well, it's, it's, it feels quite... It's very intuitive, then, from, from the get-go. Yeah. Really. It is, yeah. And I guess... When when are you making these decisions as to so you're in Norfolk, you I don't know how how many are you making them? You making them one one in a go, or do you have like no, a big space? Uh, I'll make like maybe two massive ones. That cool. And how how big's massive? Uh, maybe like three meters by two and a half meters. Cool. Yeah. Okay. They're just big sheets. They're not paintings. You know, I'm mm. not I'm not really aware of like where the edges of them are. Sure. Or that can be decided later. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And then the decisions are being made to kind of. Once it's dried, mm. then decisions start. Then that decision process starts. Yeah, and sometimes I start to see it while I'm painting it, which is mm. actually sometimes a bit distracting because then I'm like trying to do something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Definitely better if I just let it happen than then see what I've got. But mm. yeah, I mean, something I always like, but I think um, like <laughs> collectors are always a bit disappointed in. <laughs> it's like um, the backs of them because they're so uh, they're so DIY. Like um, yeah, I really see them. So like, although from the front, you know, it looks kind of quite slick, like the, the, the back is, yeah, stapled together as like scrappy bits of wood, loose threads. Um, and I see it a bit like, you know how we go to the theatre and, and you get like the sets? Yeah. And obviously from the front, 
and from a distance they do mm. their job and they're beautiful um, but then from the back they're like bits of plywood and they're mm. like nailed together mm. um, I kind of love that because it's like that behind the scenes thing like really uh, yeah you don't get that with manufactured objects in the same way it, it, it reminds you it's a painting I, I really like that yeah and it, I guess it links back to what you were saying before about the vulnerability of of them yeah that's true and this kind of um, all 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 showing like with the, we spoke a bit before recording as well about oh, I guess we're jumping a bit but your recent show at L21 and you have very much put the paintings in the middle of the room so that you can walk, walk around them it's yeah. like you, you aren't you aren't afraid of kind of no I, I mean I was I bearing think, um yeah, I mean, maybe you've seen in, in previous shows I've uh, offered, like, suspended paintings in the room, uh, kind of like maybe how David Ostrovsky does, but um, but with, like, climbing kit, <laughs> you know, mm. like, like ropes and carabiners. And, um, yeah, I think at first I was a bit... didn't want to show... I, want, I, I liked the idea of these, like, floating paintings and how they could become partitions in the room, but I was anxious to show people the back and... You know, I remember one painting, like, um, spending more time in the back than I did the front in the end, because it was just like, <laughs> yeah, it was really dumb. But, yeah, now, now I'm, like, yeah, totally letting them be what they are, and actually, um, yeah, it feels right to me. Yeah, this this one in Spain, um, yeah, instead of, like, suspending them with ropes, we built uh, this really nice, like, uh, I can't remember, I think it's about 10 metres in the end, like a, an aluminium frame, almost like a kind of stud wall, but without the panels that you can walk in and out of. Um, and it had this like lovely glossy white finish and it had stickers on it. Like it really felt like related to the artworks, especially like the ways they were framed. Mm. Um, but yeah, it also meant that, you know, you could create a little space behind that you can get into and, and, and see that stuff. Mm. Yeah. I wish you could go, I wish you could go to the show. It's, um, I, was, I was pretty happy with it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah well, I, the photos look so cool. So cool. And am I right in thinking this was the first show where um, aspirational equipment took a... Became a thing. Took stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean... And maybe we should start by, start by kind of explaining what that is. Oh, God. What is? Ben Edmonds, what is aspirational? Uh, yeah, I mean, I get asked this a lot and uh, I never have an answer. Um, I suppose, look, aspirational equipment is a a pseudo sports company, mm -hmm. um, which I did actually, like I founded it, it's a limited company here, it's, um, uh, it pays its, you know, taxes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, really it's like a, I, I, I got quite interested in the way that like, all this information about the painting and about the artist was being used in like, you know, when you're shipping paintings around, when, you know, people are buying them and like all, all this kind of stuff that to me always felt like kind of extra, like, mm. you know, things like what, what year were you born? Or what, you know, what, how much does that weigh? And like, all these things that you just don't think or care about when you're in the studio. But, um, but, but this information is like core to artworks, mm. right? And um, yeah, so I started to think about how this, yeah, this equipment, for extreme sports, I was talking about earlier, you know, also always has this information. It's, um, you get the kind of like, 
it's called it the tensile strength on a carabiner and um, the, the waterproof rating on a, on a, on a jacket. And um, yeah, I, I quite like the idea of like actually presenting this information. Mm. But then when you do that, you've got to present it. You know, you've got to choose a font, haven't you? You've got to, how do you present it? Um, so actually it kind of started just to, and it started when I was at the RCA, but mm. yeah, it kind of started to feel like a brand yeah. that was like decorating the edges of these paintings. Um, and then I just thought, well, how far am I going to take this? And I actually like employed a graphic designer and like made a, <laughs> like just got really into it. I registered <laughs> the company and, and like, it's, it's really dumb because it's like, it's almost like a kind of like, like, I don't know, like for an artist, it sounds like kind of a commercial thing to do, but actually it's the total opposite because <laughs> like, no, no one cares. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's, it's a kind of pseudo adventure sports brand that uh, inhabits the paintings. Um, yeah, the first time it, it kind of really came together was actually for a different show in, in Belgium. And I made like, um, I call it a vitrine, but it's like a kind of display case. Mm. They're really like detailed for the graphic design work that we that we'd done um, together. And um, uh, yeah, it was like walking through, like how do we design these logos? What inspirations did we have? And, it was quite a nice thing in the show because it, it gave, well, one, it kind of gave a bit of insight into these logos that were appearing on the sides of paintings, like, unexpectedly. But also, like, compared to an artwork, it was, like, a really, um, to, you know, it was like, my name is Ben Edmonds. I, <laughs> I founded Aspirational Equipment. It was very direct mm. and, uh, yeah, it kind of scratched an itch of, like, I suppose trying to explain something a bit. Um, and in its presentation, it try to feel like you might find it like a design museum or something like a kind of display mm. and objects and text and pictures and um yeah so I was really doing it like to to serve a purpose not to create an artwork but then like this this box like I just found so attractive um and kind of unusual and um yeah and then I thought actually but people do make you know like Damien Hurst pill boxes and you know there's you know, it's quickly become, these vitrines have become just like, a, yeah, another side side to my practice. And they, they look really cool next to the paintings. Mm. It's like a, yeah. But, but they, yeah, they do take a bit of explaining. And as I've just demonstrated, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I guess it'd be too hard to say, but is, is there... So you just we've just had the show at L21 mm-hmm. and maybe we could, before talking about what happens after a show we could talk a little bit about how you prepare for one yeah. when you and how you how, how you manage yeah how, how you manage it is there you know, it's probably quite different for you and me yes yes mm-hmm. definitely I guess do you have and then do you have um, why don't you and say, they say we want 30 paintings that they have to be like this or uh, you know, no, this no, size no. or is or is that what you're I, I, I guess that's not I guess that's not what that's not anything to do with you that's mm. the stipulation that's being put on you but yeah how, how do you prepare do you is it the same oh, way no, they, you... they never ask for that many paintings okay. uh, and as you see in the show there aren't that many paintings no. I, just, I just freak out about um, putting on a, a big you know a big as in physically big exhibition mm. somewhere I've never been that's in another yeah. country and I want to send more than enough and have, have some options mm. like a you don't know what looks good in the space until... So for the show at L21, how many paintings were in there? In the show? Eight, well, it's hard to say. Eight? Maybe ten? Ten or twelve. Ten. And then how, how many... How many did you make? How many did you send over? 
29. 29. So it's like more than, like more than double what you used. <laughs> I mean, that was maybe, maybe overkill. Mm. I, I mean, we got like, um, I have a helper in the studio and we, we definitely got um, maybe a bit carried away with making stuff. Um, yeah, we, we, we definitely overproduced. But it's not bad to, for them to have more. And, you know, we're doing, I think it opens today actually, um, Arco, an art fair. And um, there's a, some other project in... Dubai, I think. And so, like, it's, it's quite good for the gallery to have more paintings because then they're not mm. knocking on my door saying, right, we need, we need five more because, yeah, they've, they've, they've got them. <laughs> and is the... Um, when you put a show together in terms of where things are hung, and is that just as intuitive as the process of making them is? Uh, yeah, you... which really freak them out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, 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 I like to go for an install and do it. Um, mm. I haven't with every show I've done, um, but it's it's really really hard. I mean, you, I know, you, know, you know, Rachel, she she's studied architecture and she's very yeah. good at. This is my girlfriend. She's very good at uh, drawing three D models. She actually drew the plans for this um, aluminium wall, uh, which was cool because it had to be fabricated. Um, and yeah, and we, we always make models and try and think about what we might need, but you never know until you're there, and. You know, because it can be about colour, and you don't know that with just grey rectangles dotted around the room. Um, you know, this 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 gap here, you can't see it in this kind of four-shot photo, but this is a huge gap, um, way bigger than the gap of the paintings. And it really kind of isolates these two as a, to be seen kind of separately from that mm. bit, you know. Um, and that, that wasn't an idea beforehand, that was just what... No, but I guess usually, analogy of kind of outdoor sports or whatever you need you know you need all you need all the gear you don't know what the you know you don't know yeah. what the, you know what the weather conditions are going to be really you've got to prepare yeah. you've got to prepare for all that's true yeah like that kind of prepper thing yeah, yeah you have to prepare mm. and so yeah you can't, you can't just hedge your bets and just think right i'm going cycling and i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna wear like you know just some shorts. shorts yeah, yeah, see yeah, you see what happens. Or is it? There, there's, no, uh, there's no bad weather, only, only bad clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, what about, I mean, what about you? Is, is it, because you had a show in Italy recently, right? Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, I... Did you send a try and make, enough? Yeah, try and make as much as possible. Mm. Um, did you go and set it up? No, I didn't, actually. No, I didn't. It was during... Well, I wasn't able to fly. Sure. At the time, we didn't, no one was. So the works, it was, it was quite, that was quite a funny experience, really. So did you get involved remotely in the layout of the show? Or anything like I that? kind of just, yeah, strangely, thinking back, because I, I, I always like to be part of that process, if, if I can be, whenever it happens. But yeah, I kind of just let them do whatever. I think you've got to go one way or the other, haven't you? I think... I just said, yeah, I just, I just said, I don't know, the space is... The, the, the paintings really, really need a lot of space around yeah. that's That's the stipulation. I don't want it to be overhung in, in any way. I think you've got, either got to go and say, look, I'm a control freak, I'm going to do this. Mm. Or let them, leave them be. I think the worst is when you say, oh, yeah, I'm cool, and then you're not cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the same with every aspect of it. I'm, you know, sorry... Um, L21, but yeah, like, you know, like photographs and uh, yeah, and, and anything that's presenting the work, like, I suppose I, I yeah, maybe, maybe I was trying to keep too much control, but it's, yeah, it's, it's important to me, I suppose. Mm. Mm. 
But yeah, I mean, I had a show in lockdown as well. It was in Hong Kong. And um, I remember really optimistically being like, yeah, I'm going to go. Of course I'm going to go. Nothing's going to stop me from going to my show. And it was like, it was March 2020. And there were the kind of university, the protests, you know, in Hong Kong. Um, And I was like, ah, well, yeah, maybe maybe that'll be difficult. But I I can still go. And then it's like, (laughs) you know, worldwide (laughs) lockdown. And I was like, Oh, I can still go and then yeah, the, the gallery were like there's no way you're coming <laughs> hey ho yeah it's better now though better now mm, mm. and how do you how do you feel after a show mm-hmm. do you get the after show slump or do you feel well, how do you feel it, it, you mean when it comes down or when it's up it's up it's, it's there the work's kind of out of the studio and in a new in a new space and yeah the studio becomes like a yeah, a white box again. Well, oh uh, yeah, I suppose... Okay, so yeah, for, for the show side of things, it's really fun because you've got a show up and people are seeing it and you're getting a lot of feedback. Um, and it's like months of work after this one thing and it's up for you know a month or so and this is when you get to you mm. know, hear about it. And, uh, I don't know, it's like, it's, like for me, it's when it kind of comes true. You know, like these things live in the studio, but really in the gallery, that's when they... Um, really become what they are, especially in the way they're installed and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, in terms of the studio while it's up, it's a really weird time. Because all you have in the studio are like the paintings that like no one wanted at another time. <laughs> like these these kind of weird ones, they, these little like monsters that you've got back from different <laughs> occasions. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to start again. I mean. I actually, uh, uh, my, my next show is in, in September, and um, uh, they, they come around so quick. I mean, I, I don't see an obvious, like right now, sitting here, I don't see an obvious way to take my paintings forward that much. Um, I feel like the show I've done in Spain is, is really beautiful, but um, it's actually fairly similar to the show in the one before that in, in Belgium mm. um, just in, in, in the work and, and the kind of uh, the quantities of different things and uh, so it is a funny position to be in where I don't have a lot of time to like you know really try something new within the paintings but also I don't just want to repeat myself um, so actually yeah, I, I spoke to the gallery yesterday and um, and said and luckily they're on board with it I said how about like for the next show I, I just I just don't do a painting show at all you know like um, uh, and what, what I propose to do is is collaborate with because um, I've got all these like loose strings of like people are kind of in fashion kind of within you know di- different I don't really have a lot of um, like a lot, a lot of reason to kind of work with them but you know kind of know them and, mm. and I, I really like that they bring like these, these people together and um, yeah, and quite literally, so the plan is to collaborate with a fashion designer, make some really over-the-top, uh, I'm calling them adventure outfits, but like, you know, kind of a thing, you know, you, you wouldn't wear them, maybe like kind of crepe greeny, kind of, um, am, am I a tent or am I a, <laughs> or am I a jacket, you know, yeah. some really silly, silly things, and um, hopefully go to Norway and photograph them um, and make these kind of like, yeah, like almost like publicity photos for a sports brand, for the aspirational equipment mm. brand, with with these with these outfits, and um, and then do a photography show, 
yeah, like large format prints, um, maybe show the outfits or mannequins, like really, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm talking, you know, this is very, to the studio, <laughs> this, this is just like an idea. And, uh, yeah. Don't, don't shoot me if it doesn't happen. But like, um, uh, yeah, for me, like, I, I would really like to spend some time doing a very different kind of work, a very different kind of project that's related to what I'm doing, and then come back to the paintings, hopefully from a slightly different angle. Yeah. Rather than just sitting here with the paintings again, trying to make something new happen, you know, when mm. it's not obvious to me. I, I, I want to do it when, when, when it seems clear. You know? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I'm going to keep painting as well, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I think, um, I think all, all artists have share that problem of you know you've you can work yourself into a bit of a corner of a room, mm. a bit of a rut, and then it's it's always interesting for me to learn how artists get out of that and mm. kind of remove them. Yeah, remove that kind of thought. Because like you, I'm, I'm new to it. You know. Mm. Um, and I think the issue, I, I, don't, I don't get many group shows, you know, and um, I'd really like, I'd like some more, but I think it's quite hard to put this work in with a group of other artists um, without kind of maybe like reducing it to a kind of formal thing or something. Mm. Um, so, but instead, of, you know, I, I, I do get some solo shows and, and that's great, but it's always like a big, every time it's like a big project, you know? And, yeah. Yeah, it's big, a big undertaking. Big quantities and um, yeah, yeah. But right now, I, I, I don't feel particularly like. And, and I guess as well, when you when you show work alongside other people's work, mm. it actually highlights new new things that in in, in what you make that mm. you might not have ever seen before. Yeah, which or, or made ideas. Things. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like I, you in the group show from last night. And, yeah, and that's like. How many artists is that? Like 30? 20, 26, I think. Yeah. 26. So you've suddenly got, yeah, as, well, as you just said, <laughs> like you're seeing you work with other, with other ideas and yeah. different contexts, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And maybe where your work might, where it, where it fits. Yeah. Or um, doesn't, yeah. Yeah, or doesn't, exactly. And each of... Who are you showing next to? Like physically next to? Oh, God. I'll put you on the spot there. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. I think Tom, Tom Hobson was on my, on the right. Tom Hobson? Yeah. Um, or Tom. Yeah, yeah, Tom, yeah. In, well, in, in, in my corner, like, there was Ray Hicks, uh, Stevie Dix. Um, yeah, Tom God, was there. good. good. Yeah, I was, oh God, I yeah. was, I was very, I was very humbled, yeah, to yeah. be included in... Proper pains, in isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> tucked around the back. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I'm glad, I'm looking forward to seeing it, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I should know, I was, I was only there last night, but my memory is terrible. Um, well, also, 26 artists, I mean, it's, it's not like... Yeah, and I'd actually, not, know I'd actually not met a lot of them before, um, yeah. which is lovely. Might get them all on a podcast, eh? Yeah, just have all 26. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, okay, so what, um, what are you working on at the moment? You say you've got a, an, another show. Yes. What are you actively working on at the moment? Uh, what, the, the next show? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean... I'm, What's going on at the moment? Well, I mean, I just described the project. It's like... Oh, is, that, know, when is, I that, describe is that a thing? The, is that what you're working on now? But, that will be the, yeah, the, the next project. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, 
I'm not doing anything, am I, in that project? I just described it. I'm not a fashion designer. I'm not a photographer. I was going to say, but you, uh, you, you have taken photographs. You've shown photographs, right? Yeah, well... In, um, in your yeah, I made them. The ones, yeah, so uh, I did... Um, yeah, I made some head torches once, which was under the aspirational equipment brand. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I suppose, like, it was quite straightforward. Like, you know, I really love... Um, Felix Gonzalez Torres for like this kind of like I'll just you know these just two objects and then it's like amazingly poetic and beautiful just just like that you know yeah. like those ones with the um, I don't know what they're called but the two lamps I think it's even my phone background I love it it's like you know <laughs> the they just sit there and, um, and one goes out before the other but um, anyway uh, yeah I made these two head torches and uh, it was I liked the idea that they could be tools for finding things, very simply. Um, I was making them alongside paintings and really trying to think about painting as uh, an act, whether you're making it or looking at it, like of trying to find something, mm. um, something that's quite hard to put your finger on. Um, in, in the same way that people try and find things when they do these sports and when they go up mountains, and mm. there's a kind of ambition for perhaps transcendence or um, going beyond the body there's yeah th- th- it's about it's about looking for something mm-hmm. um, it's why I love uh, Bastianado as well you know because um, I feel like he kind of you know felt that too um, and yeah so I made these <laughs> make these head torches so I keep uh, I keep getting distracted um, <laughs> uh, and photographed them in uh, High Rocks in Tunbridge Wells and um, yeah, I got uh, Victor and Rosa to um, dress up in these Adidas outfits um, and look, basically kind of like look for each other in the kind of dusky, mm. in, like nature environment. And yeah, and Ben, a good friend, Ben Hayward, um, photographed it all kind of happening. And it was great, you know, like it was like, yeah, here were two people who are a couple and they're looking for each other. That, that's it. And they were really beautiful photos. And, Although it had this kind of uh, techie aesthetic, um, like it might have looked a bit like a North Face advert or something, they were also quite romantic images. Um, and I suppose that ties in a, get, a bit with these titles and, and the paintings. Like, I really love bringing in that kind of unexpected romanticism. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, um, I don't, perhaps I won't be able to get it up quickly enough, but I could show you. There's one where they've kind of found each other and they're just looking at each other. The head torches are lighting each other's faces up. Mm. Um, and they're so bright that I don't think they can keep their eyes open. Um, but, but it's also all you see, so the rest of it's just darkness. So mm. it obviously feels a bit like a kind of Caravaggio painting or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, this was really just like an idea and I went and did it, but. I felt like, you know, it, it didn't really... Even, <laughs> I don't think the photos even went in the show in the end, but um, it definitely felt like this idea had legs and, yeah, the, the, the Norway thing I've talked about is hopefully going to be like an extension of that, mm. the same kind of sense of people trying to find something in the environment and, yeah, kind of longing and romanticism against this, like, pretty slick, cool, branding... Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, 
physically doing anything with that right now. I suppose I'm like coordinating stuff, meeting people, um, trying to make it happen by email. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, then physically, I've got a group show in, in Hong Kong, which I'm uh, making for paintings for along. Got to got to keep painting too. <laughs> got to keep the studio. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ben, um, sadly, we're kind of entering the latter stages. Sure, I've not kept an eye on the clock. Um, and at this point, I ask everyone the same two questions at the end. Oh, fuck. Okay. And I thought you would have prepared something, but oh, you definitely haven't. I absolutely haven't. And you know what? It's because you've not had many out recently. And, yeah, we, I mean, we listen to your podcast on the boat all the time and... I can't even remember what the questions are. Something about an, an artwork first, you're going to nick. The, the first one is, well, it, it could be, it could be the first one. The first question is, um, if you could kind of swap seats with me and visit anyone in time, it doesn't have to be an artist, any, any, any person. Um, yeah, who would, who would you like to visit? And what would you like to ask them or talk oh, about? I could have like come up with the best answers as well. Oh. <laughs> and you don't want too much um, kind of dead air, do you? You don't want, you don't want me it's, to get hit. No, the, the dead air's good. The, uh, oh, you should have told me that before <laughs> I was wittering on. I've, I'm losing my voice, Dave. I could have sat here quietly and had a nice afternoon. Well, maybe, okay, <laughs> well, whilst, whilst you're mulling it over... Bastianado, why not? That's a, good, that's a good one, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like... I'd love to, yeah, I feel like he'd have a lot to say about life and um, its kind of absurdity and, um, yeah, and, you know, dead or alive, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and you can't remember the question now again? No, I can remember the last question. I can remember the last question. Um, I, actually, I actually wanted to extend that a bit and ask, and ask you if, if you're a romantic. Would you, would you, do you see yourself as a romantic person? Oh, come on, yeah, of course. Like you, Dave. Oh, yeah. Painters. Yeah, yeah. Do you think... Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe I resist it a bit, but yeah, of course I am. Yeah. yeah. I, I listen to the most miserable music in here. Yeah. Just, yeah uh, what do you listen to when you work? Um, well, I could probably show you what I'm listening to. Yeah, please. I think that's really interesting. Do, do you have... I, I, like, I like a man with a low voice. Do you have specific um, playlists for specific days in there? Or do you have like? Yeah, I mean, literally, the, the, the last album I've listened to is called Crippling Lack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I like kind of you know singer songwritery, go kart Mozart, Nick Cave, Ben Sebastian. That's, that's a bit jolly. Um, Bill Callahan, listen to him a lot. Uh, maybe I should start. Bill Ryder Jones as an extension to, to the podcast. Maybe I should ask each artist to make a playlist for like a, a, a studio wow. playlist that would be very cool wouldn't it galleries do that sometimes don't they yeah I, th I think I think even White Cube do that aren't they like you listen to hey, playlist while this, this is the playlist. playlist for the show I think it's kind of cool I remember yeah, um, cool. I had a playlist when I was installing a show once and you know I was like really probably <laughs> being a bit indulgent but I was like you know I'm, I'm an artist I'm setting up my show it's the, the culmination of all this work I want to you know, really, I don't want to listen to the radio, I want to be in the right... I mean, yeah. I've got some playlists, Dave. I'll, I'll, yeah. show, I'll, I'll, show, I'll show you in the pub. <laughs> cool, <laughs> cool. Uh, and the last question is, um, has there been anything that someone said to you or 
a piece of advice that's been given to you that um, that you remember or that kind of has carried through in, in your thinking? Mm. And not the um, thing about the cat. The cat. No, yeah, no. don't strike a cat with gloves on. Yeah, I mean, that's not going to be my one, but I do remember it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean... I couldn't, I couldn't quote it, but I, d- I definitely remember Ivan when I was a student. Was it Ivan, Ivan Seal? Ivan Seal. Uh, I don't know what he said, but he was kind of encouraging me to like look for something like outside of art that um, yeah, it's hard. like I suppose it's when I started to think about like the, these these sports. Um, because like, I was obsessed with like trying to find something that really felt like me within painting, but yeah. um, but there's a lot more to someone than <laughs> yeah, just them painting, right? Um, mm. I mean, maybe that's a bit straightforward to say. Like, oh, I like football, and therefore but, no, but it's, it's but sometimes it's, it's like things that are right in front of your nose. I just never thought of it, you know, mm. like oh yeah, like it doesn't have to be about art. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, and actually, it's yeah, ended up being. It, yeah, it's like it's folded right back into... Like, I've started to think about these things as an art. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. 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 That's not a very succinct answer. Um, let's no. say never stroke a cat with a glove on. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but that's the, the idea of casting your net wider than what just what exists within, within what is perceived to be the art, mm. the art sphere. Yeah, which might seem really um, obvious. Yeah, like, yes. It's not when you're a student. No, no, not at all. I think because you're just talking, you're always talking about, if you're on a painting course, you're talking about painting and painters yeah. and and you forget that actually, yeah, like you said, you are more than just, you know, what happens in yeah. in the studio and there's and there's more that has shaped, there's, you know, there's a whole wealth of things that have shaped you and that interest you mm. and everything's up for grabs. Like who's, yeah. Yeah, you just got to like follow your impulses a bit. And, like, yeah, totally. It, it's... It seems to, you know, I, I don't do too many shows now. Like, um, I, at one time I felt like that was the only worthwhile thing to do when I'm not painting, was to go mm. see an exhibition. Mm. And of course it's a good thing to do, but like, actually it's, it's way more worthwhile to just like, you know, get out and be in nature. Or <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, What does keep you ticking over outside the studio? Or what do you do things outside of making artwork? Um, well, 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 I'm on the boat, so I mean, that that's definitely feels like a big... Um, mm. which, which you live on you live which on the I live on yeah yeah um, so that yeah I mean that kind of feels like a, a hobby way of life I suppose yeah um, uh, yeah and, and exercise um, yeah and, and do, doing these, these sports when I can getting back going sailing mm. um, not that there's often much opportunity <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, like, I literally rode to the studio in a rowboat. Do you? Do you really? <laughs> Which on a day like today, I mean, it was beautiful this morning, wasn't it? Um, That's amazing. Stuff like this, it's like... That's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's a nice... Um... <laughs> well, I mean, I used to have the studio down in um, Thameside, which I thought was great. I really liked it down there, but like, it's so far from where I live. I'm up in like, Tottenham, Hackney yeah. area. And... Um, yeah, I was like driving there every day, like over the Blackwall Tunnel, arriving like feeling really like either 
like Aggie or knackered or you know like not in the kind of frame of mind to like start a day in the studio right? mm. um, so I really kind of like um, yeah bit the bullet got a studio closer to home and uh, but yeah now I now I wrote I must be the only artist in London <laughs> who wrote the boat but, to the studio but why not you know it's great I love it yeah. I love being on the water and, yeah that's um, amazing yeah cool so that's what I do though Cool. That sounds great. Okay. Um, and last thing is, it's not a question, but is there anything that you want to let people know about, or anyone, or anything you want to shout out? Mm. Maybe favourite coffee shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think your show. You know. Um, Thanks. Which is uh, at Fitz. The Fitzrovia Gallery. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, dream baby. Will dream. that still be on when this goes out? Probably not. Sadly, because it's um, the nature of the gallery is that the, you only get uh, like a five, well, you get a week, seven days, mm-hmm. I think. So by the time this, hopefully this might go out, but it, it ends on the 27th of February. So, okay. And this is, we are currently recording, well, we'll timestamp it, or yeah. we're currently recording on Wednesday, the 23rd of February, 2022. Okay. Well, I mean, look, if it comes out before um, my show in Spain ends on the 9th, then then... Get a flight to Mallorca. It's cheap. Um, it's 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 worth the trip. I'm gonna go back actually on the eighth because uh, because my girlfriend wants to see it and uh, see you there. You can, you can meet the artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finissage. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dave. Cool. Cheers, Ben. Cheers. Nice one. Thank bye. you. Bye bye. Bye. thank you very much for listening please find more information about what was discussed in the podcast in the notes section and if you like what you heard and would like to keep up to date with new episodes um, then please subscribe or follow us depending on which listening platform you use and head over to our instagram page at to the studio which we regularly update with posts about each guest we have and all other goings on as well to the studio is produced by the audio wizard an all-round great guy that is Theo Bird and I would thoroughly recommend getting in touch with him for all your audio needs on Instagram he is birdperson bird is spelled B-Y-R-D person also if you can spare a moment to leave us a lovely review that would help us out a lot and it allows us to reach a few more ears than we are currently and lastly if you've got any suggestions or opinions you wish to share with us then please feel free to do so on any of our social media platforms or send us over an email. Our details are again in um, the notes section uh, of each episode of the podcast. Well, thanks very much again for listening and we'll see you next time.